Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. We have the truth as the Jewish people and we're back in Israel, as it says clearly in the Torah, in the Bible, and they don't want that. And they want to deny it and they want to wipe us out. But they're not going to. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson, and it has been a pretty horrific month, I would say, uh, that th this has been a time of uh, great turmoil in our world. And it reminds me of what Matthew 24 says, that uh, there will be wars and rumors of wars in the last days. And we're at the not just the rumors of wars, we're at the wars. And so this has been very difficult. You know that I love to open my dad's Bible and read from it. And um, I turned today, I opened it to, um, it is, we are in Psalms, I believe 119. And it's verse 165. And David, of course, writes this incredible Psalm. And my dad has underlined several scriptures on this page. Uh, but 165 says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. And, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in biblical times, David was under the law, and the law basically had a guide for how you would live. You know, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, all of these incredible things. And, um, you know, if we could only live by all those laws, if we could only have people uh, in this world that lived by those laws. But here's what happened. October 7th took place, an unprovoked attack against Israel. And we had Hamas come in. And, and people that cooperated with Hamas, to my understanding, there were people that, uh, that were known to the Israelis because they worked there every day. And they used this sort of familiarity in order to gain access and to get into Israel and thereby perpetrate some of the many horrendous, violent acts that we've heard of. I know that there's 41 minutes of horrific Hamas video. I have not seen it and I don't want to see it. I understand that people who see this video, it's very traumatizing. But what sickens me is the people in the world that are saying, oh, we don't know if it happened. Oh, AI, AI, AI can do it all. You know what? Uh, this is a sadness that we've come to where people don't even know how to find the truth because actually our world is creating, is creating the truth that we can, you know, we can doctor pictures, we can create and generate AI images. But it's not so good yet that we're really able to be fooled. It's not. We can tell the truth from a fake generally. All right? I have been looking into an opportunity to get this show put into 60 languages. I will be able to speak <laughs> perfect Chinese, apparently, with AI. I love it. Uh, maybe I'll be able to speak uh, perfect, um, you know, uh, you know, something in the Middle East that will, you know, get a good message out there. That's what I hope for. I appreciate uh, two days ago seeing uh, Netanyahu, uh, an interview that he did calling for uh, people to understand that what they need to do is for the protection of the Palestinians. 
And I appreciate that perspective. What I'm sickened by is that when I see the Hamas leaders on there, they're calling for the decimation and the absolute obliteration of the Jews. But when you see Netanyahu talking, you see him talking about uh, saving good citizens and bringing peace to the Palestinians as well as to the Jewish community, which needs to happen now. So um, there's just a couple of things. Here um, is what the IDF found in just one of Hamas's hospitals. Take a look at this. Look at what Hamas is holding inside the hospital. I want you to understand, this kind of gear is a gear for a major fight. These are explosives. These are vests, vests with explosives. Yeah, it's a body vest for terrorists to explode on forces. Among hospitals, among patients, we have hand grenades, Kalachnikovs, and then we have the RPGs. People shooting RPGs from hospitals. This is Hamas, firing RPGs for hospitals. The world has to understand who is Israel fighting against. A woman, clothes, and a rope. A rope next to the legs. And look above this, look above it. It's a baby bottle. It's a baby bottle in a basement. Above a World Health Organization sign. This is a suspicion for an area where hostages were being held. So this basically is uh, what we're seeing that they are capturing. They're finding all of these uh, artillery underneath the hospital and um, a baby bottle of all things. Um, one of these things does not belong here, they taught us on Sesame Street. And here's the reality is that there are still 200 uh, 200 hostages that are there. I want to bring on our guest really quickly. On, uh, so Mir Weinstein is the former national director of the Jewish Defense League and currently the director of Israel Now in Toronto. And uh, Mr. Weinstein, thank you very much for being with us. I really appreciate your time today to shed some light on what is going on. Um, uh, in, in the side, JT, I'm not sure if you could add this video that I have. We see that there is a brutal war that is now going on. That's It's brought a lot of um, stress and consternation to the world. And we're seeing that, in fact, um, you know, people uh, are engaging in marches now um, in your city, cities across Canada, cities across the United States, in the UK. And it's been a little bit disturbing to me to see the pro-Hamas and pro-Palestinian sentiment without a real concern and a lot of anti-Semitism rising against the Jewish people. Uh, what, what do you say and what do you see is going on here? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, I'm seeing an, an unbelievable rise in anti-Semitism. Let me explain something about uh, these uh, what I would call pro-Hamas rallies uh, taking place in cities across Canada, in the United States, throughout the world. Um, when uh, Assad in Syria was murdering millions of people in Syria, we didn't see anything from these Islamic organizations 
uh, rallying, protesting, screaming, holding signs. Uh, same with Iraq when there was the war. We didn't see that at all. And the amount of people who were murdered and killed with the Iraq war. When it comes to Israel, Israel is the country that's singled out because, because even the most moderate in the Islamic community in a leadership position cannot reconcile themselves with the existence of a Jewish state of any size or shape in the Middle East and in the land of Israel for that matter. What we're dealing with is an educational system in their communities, raising people in their community from the youngest age to adults to hate Jews and call for the destruction of Israel. And they chant at these rallies from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. They're talking about from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. There's no room for an Israel. That's how they have it. Is, is that what on. it means? Because people are saying, oh, that's not an anti-Semitic. Uh, that's not calling for the annihilation of the Jews. Um, you know, from the river to the sea, they just, you know, want their land or something. But isn't it really calling for the Jewish people to be completely decimated? Yes. Let me just, one moment, please. Just a plug just came out of this computer just a second. No problem at all. On the screen here, we can actually see that uh, that uh, some of these young people, I think that we showed this before, right, JT? They're being literally trained for this hatred that we're now seeing. We see, you know, little children uh, being prepared uh, for war and for hatred. Absolutely. That's, uh, and that information is not new either. Uh, we have been sharing this information for quite a few years, and it's been falling on deaf ears. And what we see happening is that, uh, I mean, a lot of this education is taking place also at UNRWA schools in Gaza. And, and therefore, when uh, the Canadian government is actually funding UNRWA, they're actually assisting in spreading this level of anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism, hate, and training terrorists, as you saw, as that video just saw, training the future terrorists in Gaza. Now, when we had a different government in Canada under uh, Stephen Harper, under Stephen Harper, uh, he cut funding to Hamas, or rather, he cut funding to UNRWA. And it was uh, Justin Trudeau who renewed that funding, millions of dollars, and it's going towards that. Uh, UNRWA is silent when it comes to their involvement with Hamas, um, the Red Cross as well. We have a history of dealing with this. You know, during the Holocaust, uh, the Red Cross turned a blind eye to Jews being murdered in the death camps. Uh, they fell for the propaganda by Hitler that they would have uh, orchestras playing in Auschwitz, in fact. And they said, and they wrote reports. Oh, we didn't see anything. We, we saw an orchestra here. Uh, well, the Red Cross today refuses to uh, update Israel on the condition of the hostages. Uh, so they're very concerned about what they call the poor Palestinians in Gaza who were cheering and celebrating when Jews were butchered in Israel. But it's deaf ears when it comes to Jews. 
So That's, it's beyond a double standard. Right. And uh, you were telling me uh, that uh, your father actually was a Holocaust survivor. Yes, that's right. That's right. And uh, I would say the climate, what he uh, educated me with about the Holocaust, uh, uh, before the Holocaust, how the situation was for Jews, the warning signs, and what we see today with the warning signs, there's a parallel. Many Jews are saying, many, a lot of Jews are saying, we're in the 1930s. We're in the 1930s. The only difference is, thank God, we have a state of Israel. We have the Jewish state. That uh, there's approximately seven million Jews right now, and we're a small people. There's about 15 million Jews worldwide, so almost 50% live in Israel, and uh, the country is extremely successful and uh, leading by leaps and bounds in every single capacity. But when they come after the Jews, this is essential. When they come after the Jews, just like they did in the Holocaust, they don't just come after the Jews. They come after millions of others. And when what we what people refer to as radical Islam, I think it's normative Islam actually, but that term is used a lot. When they target the Jews and say they want to murder the Jews, they're coming for the Christians as well. There's and, absolutely no doubt about it. And that's sort of almost the sleeping giant here that that everyone's ignoring is that um if we do not stand with israel we're next they go after the infidels have you seen the queers for palestine like this is really ignorant um you know protesting with them it's as if saying um uh it makes it's as absurd as saying Chickens for KFC. Hmm. It's just right. ridiculous. Right. It's just ridiculous. But so, it's that insanity that that uh, permeates the climate of anti-Semitism, that if you hate the Jews so much, even though you know in Gaza by Hamas that they will throw gays off rooftops, they're going to march with Hamas. They're going to love Hamas because they're blinded by their, their anti-Semitic hatred. And, Part and, of the woke ideology. Right. It's the woke ideology and it doesn't make sense. So is this really about land? Like when I look at a big map of, of the Middle East and I see that tiny little sliver of land that is that is called Israel. Um, it It's so interesting to me that, I mean, numerous settlements have been offered to the Palestinians. 2005. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Israel removed every Israelite, every Jew, and their graves from Gaza. Yes. And right. it has not right. solved anything. No, because um, uh, that's right. It's not about land. It's about they don't want Jews having any kind of ownership in Israel. Now, you know, we're reading every week in our synagogues, we read a portion of the Torah. It goes from the uh, uh, from our New Year's, which was a few weeks ago. Uh, from our New Year's, we start with the uh, story of creation and then Adam and Eve, and we progress to the story of Noah, and then we make it to uh, Abraham, and it goes on. Every week we read a portion. And it's God who decides 
who is going to have the land of Israel. God promised it to the Jewish people way back when. And we've had uh, two kingdoms in Israel. We've had temples in Israel. We had a first temple, we had a second temple in Israel, and they were destroyed. And there's a promise that Jews would return. Now, before Jews returned after the destruction of the second temple, we suffered for almost 2,000 years unbelievable anti-Semitism to the point that the church uh, would justify anti-Semitism against the Jews and would say that the Jews are cursed because uh, this reason and that reason. But when the state of Israel was established in 1948, there was a rethinking in a lot of corners in the Christian community. And therefore there's a lot of different Christian organizations strong with the evangelicals to support Israel because they see that as a recognition and a fulfillment of prophecy of the Jewish people returning to the land of Israel. With Islam, there hasn't been a rethinking with their faith at all. In fact, what they did centuries ago on the relics of where there was the second temple, they built a mosque. And they, to this day, they say it's forbidden for Jews to set foot on the Temple Mount, our holiest site. And that's, in fact, what they have called this particular slaughter. They called it in the name of Al-Aqsa, uh, flood of Al-Aqsa. I so saw that, they have that name. Right, so they perpetuate this hatred and this denial of the, the Torah. And that's what it is. So we have the truth as the Jewish people, and we're back in Israel, as it says clearly in the Torah, in the Bible, and they don't want that. And they want to deny it, and they want to wipe us out. But they're not going to. I'm, I'm concerned um, about what we're seeing worldwide, and I do have this video to add, JT, if you could, on the side here. So these, uh, the Palestinians are rising in every single, um, you know, in, in all of these uh, different big cities across the world, and there have been epic marches, many of them turning violent. And with this right here, what you're seeing basically is um, that uh, this actually... Let me just see here if I can, um, what, where this was, because I want to show where it was, but basically they're deciding that they're, they're actually going to fight them. They're, they're getting sick because these are beginning to be quite fairly violent, um, violent protests and the police are actually right. beginning to stand against it in New York or, or I think maybe it was, um, it, well, that was in Spain and Germany. And then, uh, this last in, in New York City, they pulled down on Remembrance Day, they pulled down American flags and every the whole That's crowd right. is cheering. And I'm like, yes. you're in America. And, right. and, and there's so much, uh, everyone's asleep unless we are waking up slowly, you know, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. It's happening in Canada yeah. too. It's happening in Canada as well. And that happened um, uh, in England as well, just over the weekend. Uh, same situation, desecration of that which is uh, considered holy and significant to that particular country, they trample on it. And they rip down the American flags and replace it with the uh, flag of jihad.
There seems to be a lot of misinformation about the way that Israel will handle conflict. Like, I love that generally before you go into anywhere to bomb uh, because you need to, because you're at war, you allow time for citizens to leave. In fact, you you put these, um, you know, these tracks or release all of these brochures saying, listen, exit out this way. And that was even done in Gaza, to my understanding. Right. Yes, that was. And that wasn't the case uh, with the uh, the Americans when after 9-11 that they were dropping leaflets and warning people or anything. Uh, Israel is, uh, yeah, Israel's very cautious the way that they uh, wage a war against the enemy and uh, uh, puts a lot of soldiers at risk as well. So people seem to think that it, that everybody just is, you know, Israel has all of these atrocities. Uh, one of the things that people have said is that in 1948, it is my understanding that as soon as they moved in, that they were initially immediately attacked by an Arab coalition or somebody immediately attacked um, the Jews there. And... Um, and then there was some attacks by a radical Jewish and more very right-wing Jewish group that went in and killed some people. You know, there was now an ongoing retaliation against each other. But what I could see from reading the history was that the Jewish government denounced that um, attack that happened. They denounced the radical factions of some Jews that went in and did some horrible killing. And in fact, it was said that they went in and raped and that has been debunked and there has been no evidence that that actually took place. Do you know what I'm talking about, the 1948? Yeah, I, I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. But you know what? I don't, I don't really get uh, caught up in that. You know, the um, state of Israel came into being, uh, you know, 1948, three years after the Holocaust ended, three years after World War II and a lot of the Jews that helped fight uh, in Israel at the time were Holocaust survivors that uh, they finally were able to make it into Israel. So uh, the the army that was established in Israel was uh, uh, certainly outgunned, outmanned by uh, the five Arab armies that invaded into Israel to try and destroy uh, this new state that was coming to being. We only had, I think at the time, of Israel's creation, about 800,000 Jews living there. And we were outmanned, like, you wouldn't believe it. Now, prior to the establishment of the state of Israel, uh, the Jewish people collectively, just like in the days of Abraham, our forefathers purchased, made legal purchases in the land. So there's no dispute. Uh, the early Zionist leaders did the exact same things, raising funds and purchasing land in the land of israel and then when it came time to announce the creation of the state that was accepted by the uh the un they voted on it everything was legal and the purchases were fully legal the uh arab armies could not accept that and they tried to destroy it uh whenever there's a war a war is not pretty so when you have an enemy that is massacring you and that did take place by the Arabs. They certainly did this to the Jews in the 48 war. And they've done it years before, too, in the 1920s and the 1930s. They massacred Jews. And they never own up to it either. 
They never own up to what they have done in the 1948 war. They expect the Jews to continue to apologize. Again, the country was made up of Jews who moved there from various countries and Holocaust survivors by the thousands. Uh, and they try and wipe us out. So I think the whole argument is no argument at all. And we should really stick to the facts uh, and ask them, when are they finally going to recognize reality? and starts and stops spreading their uh, uh, misinterpretation of history and their um, outright lies. Right. Uh, would you say that as evidenced in the Bible and the Torah, uh, that uh, the Christian Bible and, and the Torah would share some of the same books, that uh, all through those passages, David, he was king, he was in Jerusalem. It was considered Israel. We had um, all, all kind. You know that he was born in Bethlehem. Uh, he healed people there. It, it describes it in intricacies of the same places that are there now. This is biblical land that belonged to Jewish people. Yeah. Listen. You know, at uh, the. Um so-called Palestinian narrative of things. They try to say that uh, Jesus was a Palestinian. He was born in Israel, and it was called at the time, even according to the Christian Bible, the land of Judea. And he was born in Beit Lechem, Bethlehem. In Hebrew, it's Beit Lechem. Uh, and he went to the, and he did not go to a mosque. He went to the temple. He went to the temple in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. They deny that. They deny that, and they try and falsify reality of what Israel is to deny the Jewish people of any type of uh, historical claim. No, the Bible says it clearly. It's throughout, uh, certainly the Jewish Bible, the land of Israel, and in the Christian Bible, the land of Israel or the land of Judea. That's how it is. There is no Palestine. There's no Palestine, and these are Arabs that have emigrated to Israel for a better life when the Zionist movement was starting to look for employment, and they were given employment, but then when push came to shove, they could not accept the right of the Jewish people to establish a state and have Jewish sovereignty. Right. And in fact, the word Palestine, when you look back in history, it, the, word, the word Palestinian actually never started until 1923. From what I've seen, even though they, you know, uh, some emperor named the area uh, area Palestina in uh, Adrian, Hadrian, yeah, yes, right after the in order to uh, offend the Jews, yeah, in order to well, offend, yeah, them. and it was it was named after the Philistines who came over from Greece. They were not Arabs. They came over from Greece. They settled in an area around uh, Gaza. And they always tried to wage war. Uh, and you had the famous battle with David and Goliath, in fact. And Goliath was a Philistine. And then they became an extinct people. They don't exist anymore. The, those who call themselves Palestinians today have no connection with these Philistines who were Greeks that came over. Uh, and it translates into invaders. That's what they were. Uh, but when Hadrian, when the Roman Empire destroyed the temple and dis dispersed the Jews, sent many Jews into exile uh, to try and rub it in, they changed the name of the land of Judea to uh, Palestina after the Philistines. 
right in order to offend them and uh, exactly the philistines i mean we're going back to nephilim as well so um yeah so i wanted to show this page i had it up a moment ago and because you were talking about them calling this so going back to what's just happened in israel which uh just my heart goes out i'm just so grateful i'm so sad for uh, I'm, I'm grateful for those that are standing with Israel because I'm devastated, you know, if it were me that had been attacked in that way. Um, and beneath the Rantisi Hospital in Gaza, so they've now taken this hospital and they have found, IDF forces found a room where Israeli hostages are believed to have been held, which is probably, you know, this video we just saw and all of that. The calendar found in the room marked the days since October 7th massacre, uh, with the title, like you said, Operation Al Aqsa, Aqsa, Aqsa Flood, Hamas, right. named for their horrific attack on Israel. So this is—they've literally named this attack, um, you know, a, as this flood, and and they had it pre-planned for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you. I don't know how much you know about the geographic area of Gaza, but um, uh, it's important to highlight an aspect about Gaza. When Israel pulled out of Gaza in 2005, um, I mean, that area is, is a gorgeous area. Uh, the potential for the beaches with uh, resorts world-class uh, could be outstanding. Uh, they had an opportunity to build an economy. Israel left greenhouses there and, and an industry there um but no they they decided they're going to transform it into a terror state uh so all the funding going into gaza from international donor donor countries uh, helps to facilitate the goals of hamas unfortunately it would be extremely nice uh for everyone uh, for Israel and all the Arabs, if um, if the Arabs in Gaza had a belief system similar to the Abraham Accords, where they want to live side by side with Israel and and work out trade and uh, uh, and great business deals and uh, uh, phenomenal uh, tourism industry could uh, happen in Gaza, they're not interested in that. They want to use it as a launch pad to destroy Israel, and that's what they do. That's the kind of culture that they have there. That that is truly uh, very sad. And do you feel that the Palestinians that are there in Gaza have been um, have been basically hostages in a way to Hamas? Like, isn't it Hamas that is the real brutal dictator over the Palestinian people? Well. Listen, there's a certain uh, validity to what you said, but at the same time, the people in Gaza were cheering this on, and, and there were citizens of Gaza that joined on October 7th, crossed the border into Israel, and participated in the slaughter, and we're getting information that some of the hostages are kept by Hamas, the larger number is kept by uh, Hamas, um, a smaller number is kept by the Islamic Jihad, and then there's another number, another smaller number that are kept by civilians in Gaza. So, unfortunately, uh, it's so widespread this uh, uh, belief in Gaza of, uh, of anti-Semitism or outright Jew hatred. Um, wow! No, 
That does you know, explain a lot, Jew. sir. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, myself as a Jew walking, if I would go to Gaza, Gaza City, prior to this happening, um, you take your life into your hands. If you're identified as a Jew, I'm, I wear it. Is that uh, right? So, yeah, so okay, I, I didn't there, know that. So, so yeah. if you were to go into Gaza, you, it's like going into a, 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 you know, a neighborhood that's run by the Bloods or the Crips, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or more I violence. See. Yeah. But yet, weren't yeah. the weren't the Palestinians many thousands of them coming into Israel to work every day? And that's the whole, and and that is waking up a lot of Jews also in Israel because they're saying the information is coming out that uh, there was an unbelievable intelligence for Hamas, where to strike, where to go, exactly where to go. And they got this information from the people who are coming in from Gaza for work, thousands of them coming into Israel for work on a daily basis and scouting out areas and reporting back. Now, maybe some of them uh, uh, were under threat and that's why they provided the information. We don't know. But we certainly know information came from them uh, to pinpoint locations and what to, uh, you know, when and where and how. So they used the freedom that Israel, the embracing that Israel had offered them uh, to give intel. And that's how people were killed. That's how they knew where everyone was and who was at a party that day. uh, Because a lot of young people were at that um, event. Um, so why do they not have any jobs in Gaza? Is is this because they destroy themselves? They don't build a, be- a beautiful uh, tourist industry and all of this. They've just been hell-bent on becoming a terrorist area. Yeah, exactly. There are pipes for water, uh, underground pipes and all that. Uh, they, they use that to build rockets. They destroy it, so therefore they have a shortage of clean water going into Gaza. It's... Everything they do is for the purposes of Hamas to build this. Now, let me make a correction about Hamas, too. Okay. Everybody throws the word Hamas around. Okay. The correct term for what this organization is, what they call themselves in English, is the Islamic Resistance Movement. And the abbreviation of that is Hamas in Arabic. Uh, So... As the Islamic resistance movement, that resonates with uh, Islamic communities worldwide and certainly the people in Gaza. Now, if in the West Bank, which we call Judea and Samaria, you have the Palestinian Authority. Now, Mahmoud Abbas, I believe, he's the head of the uh, Palestinian Authority, and he was supposed to serve a term of four years and then you have another election. So he has not had elections for approximately 18 years. And the reason he hasn't had elections because he knows that Hamas or the Islamic resistance movement in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, would win in a landslide. So there is such popular support for this terror organization uh, in the West Bank, in Gaza, and worldwide in Islamic communities. They go under the banner of the Islamic resistance movement and they believe and if you hear the chants at these rallies that are happening worldwide they call for resistance that's Mm. the islamic movement okay and that might explain the large uh number of islamic people and those joining them in these marches okay 
Can you shed any light on people? One of the things I keep hearing, you know, Israel has created the the largest open air prison in Gaza. Well, how do you see this? Well, I'll say it like this. I'll explain it. Uh, When Israel pulled out uh, in 2005 from Gaza and handed the keys over to uh, Muhammad Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority, um, two years later, Hamas took over and Hamas uh, killed uh, leaders of the Palestinian Authority. They threw them off rooftops and they, they took them up. They took it over. Now, um, let me just see. I was just getting on your question again. Yeah. You know why it's an open air prison. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So very simple because when, when it was ruled originally by the Palestinian Authority, um, there was no blockade. There was nothing like that. Uh, two years later, when Hamas took over and they started firing at Israel, they're actually firing rockets into Israel, Hamas at that point. So Israel had to impose uh, some kind of defense against uh, Hamas. So they want to inspect what goes in to Gaza, what goes into Gaza that could potentially be used as weapons against Israel. So they, they imposed various security measures, but no, it is not an open air prison. That's something that's propaganda from Hamas. Uh, Certainly the area is large enough. Uh, Look at New York City, for instance, it's a hugely congested city. Would you say that is an open air prison for people? No, they get around. Yes. They get around. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense, especially when I was finding out that all of these people would come into Israel to work. I was like, what do you mean? But and and then look what they've done with the land. Um, Okay, uh, and I know your time is limited. A a couple, just a couple final questions. Um, People say Israel created Hamas, and I can't find that on ChatGPT or Google. I find that there's some guy, Al, something that uh, made Hamas. But what do you say to these accusations? Yeah, well, it's standard anti-Semitism. Israel is always responsible for this, and they're responsible for that. Israel's held up to a double standard, beyond a double standard, all the time consecutively, uh, and especially from these Islamic uh, BDS organizations. So look, just today, you know, with the, with the rise of anti-Semitism, uh, and you know, certainly Jews are being attacked physically in many countries around the world, including here in Canada, you had, an, you had an, an imam, an Islamic leader in Montreal, just last week, called for the murder of Jews. Now. There are, in Montreal, in fact, there were synagogues that were attacked by, with uh, firebombs and uh, shootings uh, all in a period of a week. Uh, there's a small town in Ontario called Belleville. Today, there are reports of a synagogue in Belleville. It has a small Jewish community there, but the synagogue was attacked. The police refused to... Um, released the name of the person responsible. They, they found the person. Now, I, I can tell you, I don't think the guy's name is uh, Bob White. Right. So we have some problems here. Yes. Yes. And, and after seeing Netanyahu speak repeatedly, he never calls for the decimation of the Palestinians. You know, he's, he's calling for people to be safe everywhere and to just allow Israel to have their nation. And that just seems to be, well... Going back to the Garden of Eden and the great satanic assault, you know, against 
the creation of God, humanity, that, uh, mm -hmm. that you know, they don't want this to be uh, a place um, where, uh, you know, that is left alone. The, the devil hates the Jews and the devil hates the Christians. And we're next, frankly, because this is rising and we need to actually wake up. Do you see... Uh, my final question to you is, what should our response be in the wake of this, and, and what needs to happen in our world? Well, look, when, uh, I mean, it would be great if, uh, I think personally, if uh, the uh, presidential elections that are coming up in about a year, if uh, Donald Trump would be elected, I'm just saying that first from a personal perspective. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Uh, we had the absence of war when he was president of the United States, and now under uh, uh, the current uh, administration, the Biden administration, we have so much going on in terms of uh, wars and problems in the world. Uh, that would be one thing. The other thing, other aspect, what I think has to happen, and when I was uh, running the Jewish Defense League, I built a lot of alliances with uh, a lot of different uh, uh, Christian organizations and uh, uh, Canadians of different stripes who were patriotic for our country because I believe that uh, we have to unify. This is a common threat. Like I said at the beginning, they're very loud about coming after the Jews, but <laughs> just like the Nazis then, they murdered millions of others, uh, definitely. And uh, the uh, Islamic Jihad movement they want everyone. So they want to first go after the Jews, be very loud about it, and hope that the anti-Semitism resonates uh, so that they can deflect attention away from them. But they're coming after everyone else. So I would want uh, Christian organizations to certainly uh, stand shoulder to shoulder with us, that we're, we're fighting a common enemy and a common threat. And we have a lot to gain by standing solidly together. Thank you very much, sir. I'll let you go. Thank you for taking this time. And now, you know, in the middle of a very busy, uh, busy day that you're having there and uh, say hello to your family. And thank you very much. We, we appreciate your insight on this. It, it means a lot and it's very helpful. Take care. Well, thank, you. thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Weinstein. Thank you. I want to go to uh, a share right now um, regarding, I asked people for any other information. This is what comes up on who created Hamas, because are you like me, you're hearing that Israel created Hamas? Okay, I can't find it anywhere. Uh, the information I found states this, Hamas, an Islamist political organization and militant group, was founded in 1987 by Sheikh Ahmed Yassin and several other Palestinian leaders in Gaza during the first Antifada Palestinian Antifada Intifada Palestinian uprising against Israel. It originated as an offshoot of the Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood and has become known for its social service programs as well as its military actions. Um, and so I wanted people to put sources. I haven't gotten any more answers on it. Uh, if anybody else has information, you have my email. It's laurelinlive at protonmail.com. Um, just send me what you have and let's look into it. Um, all of this nonsense, all the lies, all the propaganda, I'm just so sick of it. 
somebody says something stupid on a video and the next thing you know, it's being shared out a hundred thousand times and then everybody's saying it's true. It's not true. And a lot of people don't even care about which way or who created Hamas or whatever. But for the people that are really seeking the truth and the people that are trying to make decisions about, you know, um, how to see this, they, they need the reality. Yeah, somebody, okay, so somebody's just put the mystery of Israel. This is yet another, and I, is that right on my, um, on my Twitter? Okay, yeah. Um, please don't send me this video anymore. I've already debunked the, the mystery of Israel. So this guy, okay, absolutely disturbing, um, has created a video that's making and really exacerbating anti-Semitism and lying, um, and also just using media and soft music. So uh, I think his name is David uh, Sorensen, I believe. And he's created this video basically going against Israel right on the wake of what just happened on October 7th. And he's got this soft music playing for all of the, the people that have died in Gaza. Where's the soft music for the Israelis? who were mutilated and killed in front of their families and burned alive on October 7th. No, no, this guy doesn't have soft music for that. No, he's just got it for the Gazan uh, people. We feel terrible for the Gazan people. However, I still continue to wonder why you're in the middle of a war-torn area. Does that make sense? When you're right in the middle of the Gaza Strip when Netanyahu, the IDF, has left leaflets and let you know we're going to be bombing there. You need to go. If you're there with your children, something else is going on. Do you know what I mean? This is a, this is a religious war. Many of those people believe that if they die a martyr's death, they are going to gain eternity. They will gain their entrance into eternity for them and for their children. Many of them chose not to leave and chose rather to stand with this decrepit and insidious organization, Hamas, the Islamic resistance movement. Okay, so um, they, we have a video with some reactions at New York's Columbia University after their anti-Semitism has been widely criticized. This is an interesting video. How are you doing today? I'm f***ing awful because you're here. This is defamation, this is libel, and you are responsible for all of this waste of money, energy, resources, and my education. Being brown does not equal being anti-Semitic. Being against Israel does not equal being anti-Semitic. Did we ever say that? Uh, well, half these people are just brown. Does that mean they're anti-Semitic? I didn't pick the ethnicity of the signers. You need to get the hell out of here because this is evil. It's evil. It's evil. Yeah, it is. And guess what? I got to cover it up. Just like I did the day before this and the day before that. What color does the skin have to be of someone that I can call an anti-Semite? Can I call white people anti-Semitic? But not brown people? You can, if they did something. Who's responsible for the terrorist acts that occurred in Israel? Who's responsible? That's what I'm talking about. I'm asking, who's responsible? I'm talking about you being on campus when you shouldn't be. Is Hamas responsible, or is Israel responsible? What are you here to talk about? Fun fact! I told you already! 
Ah, okay then. <laughs> All right. You know, one thing I realize is that when when people uh, when they get resistance to their um, perspective or narrative, and they get resistance, especially with the truth put in their faces, uh, they just cannot handle it. They just lose their ever loving minds, and um, it's telling. So we also have footage from the March for Israel in Washington D.C. A couple days ago. No, we showed that then. Let's not do it. Uh, um, Avita Duffy on Jack Persobiak's uh, show with an explanation on what is happening in Spain right now. Most of us stay pretty domestic, at least at the Federalist. That's generally what we do. Um, and so whatever you're going to be hearing about Spain from all of the corporate media outlets, throw it out. I mean, you have to go to alternative media for, for what's happening in Spain. And even the history of Spain, which has just been completely uh, just lied about by by the left um they, they have a monopoly really on information when it comes to what's what's happened and what's happening in that country uh what i i actually talked to some people who actually are part of vox which is the the real conservative party in spain there's a there's the 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 uh partido popular which is like the conservative party but they're not very conservative and then there's vox which is like you've said jack it's it's maga conservative um in in spain and they are really in mass protesting uh two things one the amnesty agreement and then two the socialist takeover which are which are very connected so the the prime minister of spain uh is making a deal with separatists in catalonia to maintain control over the government even though that's not what the people wants and pedro sanchez is essentially turned Spain into Venezuela 2.0. It is a disaster there. I mean, the, the unemployment is is sky high. It's at, I think it's almost at 12% now. Um, groceries, rent through the roof. He's also aligned himself very closely with Agenda 2030. Um, and he's also somebody who, because he's so aligned with globalist forces, right, the Klaus Schwab's and the George Soros's of Europe, um, he is sending tons of money to Ukraine, tons of money to the green energy projects. Meanwhile, his people are suffering and taxes only go up uh, like any socialist government right the poorest um, the, the the middle class are the ones that are really suffering in that region and he is holding on to power despite it being against the will of the people so doesn't that sound like exactly what's going on in Canada and in the United States of America uh, you know it's, it's a shocking collaboration isn't it this is a plan this is, and it's taking root and it's taking hold. Thank God we've got some elections coming up, but are those that are coming up actually able to fight this? Are those that we can put in and do we have fair elections? What is going on? It's the same game plan everywhere across the world. I wanna play a few minutes of um, Prime Minister Netanyahu and I know that there has been a lot of stuff said to me um, about this man. So I've been watching him for many years because my dad was an avid news watcher. And so I would like everyone to let's drop our sort of preconceived notions. And so-and-so said something to you about Netanyahu and this and that. And, oh, he's a you know war criminal and all of that. Um I'm investigating lots of stuff, but let me tell you something. Out of that man's mouth always comes common sense, 
He is for peace and he does not call for the decimation of another land. Let's take a look. This was Monday night. Israel did on not Hannity. start this war. You did not want this war, but you must win the war. I would argue that. Let me ask you about what has been going on worldwide, and that is virulent anti Semitism that I never thought, Mr. Prime Minister, I'd see in my lifetime. You know, hearing over and over again in New York and in London, you know, from the river to the sea, which means to wipe Israel off the map or the call for Antifada. Um, I, the things I'm hearing in the halls of Congress in my country or college campuses in my country or what we're hearing in Europe or what, you know, I never thought Australia would ever hear a chanting, uh, gas the Jews, F the Jews. Um, with all of that, how do you, it, it's inexplicable to me. Can you, can you explain it and can you explain why the pressure is coming from even my own government, our government here in the U.S., Joe Biden? to put a pause as you now try to, you know, you, you are in a battle for your survival. You know, never again, as you said, is now. Never again is right now. Well, I think the American government and, and President Biden have been very supportive of Israel. There was a question of humanitarian. Uh, I, I think they were very clear we can't have a ceasefire. We have a ceasefire. It means uh, that it's a surrender to uh, Hamas. It's a surrender to terrorism. It's a victory for the, the axis of terror. That doesn't mean that we can't give, you know, in a specific time, in a specific place, for a safe corridor for Palestinian civilians to leave the zone of fighting. Yeah, we do give them the ability to do that. But I don't think anyone argues for a general ceasefire. Uh, that's not going to happen. By the way, the only time we'll have a ceasefire is for the return of our hostages. Without that, it's not going to happen. And then we'll continue until the battle is won. But I, I have to tell you that you talk about anti-Semitism. I think that it's, it's the oldest hatred. You know, it's, a, it's an old disease, and it morphs. It takes on new forms every time. And what the anti-Semites don't realize is the attacks start with the Jews, on the Jews, but they never end there. That's what happened in the Holocaust. People said, oh, well, you know, the attacks of the Nazis on the Jews before World War II or even the beginning, nah, that's okay. No, it wasn't, because it, it afflicted all of humanity, all of civilization. And that's what you have here, too. The reason they're attacking Israel is this axis of terror understands that we're the forward position of the West and of civilization. And it, we're just a, a, a stumbling block on the way to you. So these people who are demonstrating in, in, uh, uh, in uh, the United States and the West, I don't think they represent the majority of the American people. I know they don't. But there's a, a, major, a minority there that is completely misguided uh, and even worse than that. Uh, and I think that they don't give Israel the right that they would afford to any of their countries. Imagine the United States is it with 29 11s. Sean, that's what we had. Proportionately, we had 29 11s. Imagine 50,000 Americans killed in one day. Imagine 10,000 oh. uh, Americans are taken hostage in one day. Imagine this brutality, this uh, savagery in one day. And think about what would America do? Well, it would do exactly what we're doing. It would go against the terrorists. It would fight them in the streets. It would fight them everywhere they meet. And that's what you did against Al-Qaeda after 9-11. That's what you did against ISIS. You didn't relent. You didn't say, well, because they're hiding in civilian areas in Mosul or in Fallujah, we can't fight them. You sent your brave soldiers there, and they did exactly what we're doing. And we're wow. doing it in the best way that we can. But we have to win this fight. And those who don't understand it, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an indictment, you know, it's an indictment of, uh, of uh, 
uh, of these people, that they are basically aligning themselves with evil against good. Uh, evil cannot win, and we're not going to be impressed by these demonstrations. We're going to do what's right and win this war for our sake, for the sake of humanity and civilization. There's a lot of pressure being brought to Israel. It's not Israel. Israel has gone to great lengths by dropping leaflets and sending text messages telling innocent people to get out, and here's where the safe zone is. So you're, you're almost giving away your, your, your own intelligence and your own, you know, strategies in doing so. Um, but you have done that, but yet it's Hamas that has been using for, for a long time now uh, innocent civilians as human shields, and they do it now, and they build their terror tunnels. My understanding is you have found them under hospitals, you know. Under hospitals, um, command yeah. posts in hospitals, terror tunnels under hospitals. Uh, everywhere you see. So, I, you know, I said, okay, let's build alternative hospitals. Let's build field hospitals. I've asked country, I've asked France to send in uh, a floating hospital ship. Uh, they're doing that. I've asked uh, uh, Arab countries and others to build field hospitals so we can get all these people out. We have a humanitarian safe zone in the southeast, the southern part of the Gaza Strip. We're putting in uh, trucks, humanitarian, you know, drugs, uh, medicine rather, food, water, that's what's required under humanitarian international law. We're doing all that. And guess who's interfering with that? Guess who's firing on the Palestinians who want to leave the safe zone? Hamas. So the fact that people are condemning Israel is absurd. You know, I'll give you the example. The best example I can give you is the Nazis attack the West. You know, they conquer Europe, they conquer Poland, they invade France and so on. And America and its allies uh, organize themselves to counterattack. They invade uh, Normandy. They go through the cities of France. They go through the cities of Germany until they reach Berlin and reach the victory. And in the process, the German army is fighting them within cities. They're fighting them within civilian communities. So what do the Allies do? Do they say, well, we can't do anything? Of course not. They try to minimize civilian casualties, although many, many, many Germans were killed, as you know. And they do the job. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to minimize civilian casualties, but under no circumstances should we be blamed any more than the allies should be blamed? And those people who demonstrate against Israel are, de are basically lining up with the forces of darkness. Chancellor uh, uh, Schultz of Germany was here, and he said these people are not only uh, worse than ISIS, which is what President Biden called them. He said they're the new Nazis. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we'll have another uh, piece of that show as well um, on another day because it was probably uh, 40 minutes of interview that was just absolutely riveting. Many questions asked and answered by Netanyahu. Uh, I saw another interviewer uh, just going after Netanyahu to take responsibility now for, you know, the breach and what happened. Take it now. Why aren't you taking responsibility? You're the one who allowed this to happen. Your breach of security and all of that. Um, and he said there is going to be an answering of what has taken place and that will come. But right now we're in the middle of a war and she was just like, you know, going after him. And, um, you know, something terrible happened uh, for, for like they came in, first of all, and they shot out all the cameras. So Israel, <clears throat> the IDF didn't know what was going on. They killed the soldiers along the front lines. And so there was just a, a period of blindness, not knowing what was happening. And from what I understand from Amir Sarfati, is uh, that they initially thought it's Hezbollah. Okay, we're under attack from Hezbollah because Hezbollah is very powerful and Hamas would be considered small potatoes. 
uh, when in actual fact the brutal attack was from Hamas. And they are actually just grateful to the good Lord that uh, Hamas and Hezbollah did not get their wires you know, going in the same direction on the same day because that would have been much worse for Israel. Um, let's turn to some Canadian news now um, as we close. Uh, you know, we've neglected to really speak to Alberta Premier Daniel Smith's epic stand for parental rights and her, um, there's, you know, we're not, there's some decisions that Danielle Smith has made that, you know, cause one to wonder why she's just not doing more and making better decisions and putting people that are good and credible in, in the right place. But a couple things I love about her lately. Well, she's having Tucker Carlson come to Alberta. Huge. <laughs> All right, right there. She earns my massive respect. But recently at one of the largest political gatherings um, in the history of Alberta, is partly my understanding, it was just huge. Uh, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith gave remarks on parental rights at the UCP annual general meeting. Take a look. And with the substantive growth our province is set to experience in the years ahead, our government must significantly expand the number of spaces in our primary and post-secondary education systems. Not only do we need many more classrooms, teachers, assistants, and support staff, we will also need to provide more educational choices to parents by growing capacity in and improving the quality of our public and separate charter, independent, and homeschooling systems. And I want every parent listening today to hear me loud and clear. Parents are the primary caregivers and educators of their children. successful province or a successful society without strong and nurturing families. And regardless of how often the extreme left undermines the role of parents, I want you to know that parental rights and choice in your child's education is and will continue to be a fundamental core principle of this party and this government, and we will never apologize for it. Well done. All right, to a standing ovation. And that gave me chills, like to hear the truth being spoken. Like, isn't it crazy that what gives, what gives us all, ch you know, chills and, and a cause to stand uh, ourselves in, um, you know, adoration for some, somebody doing the right thing is just to simply say that parents are the chief educators and have that parental rights are important. Like, where did we get off the track so much. I remember like parents were everything. When I was growing up, oh, your teacher's big threat was I'm telling your parents, you know, and they did. They did. I had that happen. And they would think on me to my parents. And then I had to get in trouble at home because I was in trouble at school and I got in trouble at home. And it was not fun. It was not cool. But now I, I can see that kids are like being told you don't have to listen to your parents. Uh, you know, you can change your gender at school and you can put on different clothes and we're, we're just going to protect you, you know, and, and parents are being iced out of the parenting of their own children and their information's being kept from them. And on top of it, we've got these evil, evil, evil people that are indoctrinating your kids at school and telling them lies, scientific nonsense, unscientific nonsense. And, and 
kids are now vulnerable to people that are speaking into their minds and souls without the parents knowing. This has become the norm. And if you dare to stand up against that, well, then you're some kind of freak. And, you know, um, if you try to read these books out loud at your local school board meeting, uh, you're the one who's, you know, out of order when these books are sexualizing children and they're sick, they're pure, purely evil. Our world has gone mad. So my website is lauralyn.tv. Thank you for, uh, for listening today. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for standing with us. Uh, you need to know that we do this every single day because we believe it's important and we bring you the best that we can bring. We're trying to bring clarity to world events that are dividing our current society. Here in Canada, in the United States and abroad, there is huge division. So I'm trying to bring you information that can help you to determine what is truth, uh, what is propaganda, where are the lies, and all of these people that say, well, you know, we just really can't take sides. I, I don't know what that means. Um, when somebody is beating you up in the streets, you're hoping that someone's taking sides for somebody. Two people have an altercation. Who's right? Who's wrong? Once in a while, they're both idiots. Okay? But you have to dig down deep and be willing to look at information the word of God says, with a multitude of counselors, make war. So if we're going to make war, let's be on that target. All right. Um, coming up next week, we're going to be covering some of the things that are going on with our finances. Remember that we are in a very desperate time uh, with our fiat currency that is basically printed on paper that is barely worth the paper it's printed on. And so if you want to take care of your finances, we do admonish you and I do this because I believe in it with all my heart all my heart do not be caught with your little nest egg sitting there in the bank in cash okay when an emergency takes place you will not have the time and perhaps not the same amount of funds because if they devalue on a day the dollar if they freeze accounts if if it's declared some emergency oh when and where have we seen that happen you, you will be very sorry that you didn't take charge of the, the funds that God has given you. The silver and gold are God's. So if you would like to take your money and turn it into something more valuable than fiat currency, please get a hold of uh, Steve at uh, Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com and talk to him. It's your money and save it, rescue it, be safe. Do something very wise with your funds. I do not keep, uh, JT and I have made decisions. We don't keep, you know, uh, lots of cash on hand. We turn that over to uh, either investing in uh, our property um, elsewhere, not in Canada, or into gold and silver. We believe in that because we don't believe in cash anymore. And we're going to be talking about that coming up this next week. All right, I'd like to end the show today by reading to you from the awesome Word of God. I read to you every day from this Bible. Um, it's leather-bound. It's a beautiful, beautiful leather-bound Bible. I always think it's really nice to just, um, you know, spend a little money and get a good one. Get a good one. Make sure that you love it. I, I like pink, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just mark up this Bible and prepare it, and I'm going to leave this, this Bible to my daughter. 
because I want her to know what it says and what should govern her life. And I want to leave her a legacy of putting the word first because the word gives us security. The, the, the world is going insane, but the word is the calming and the, it's the wisdom of the soul. God has spoken to us through his word and, and it's here so that we can navigate the way forward. And it gives us a lot of comfort and it tells us how to behave. Psalms 82 says, God presides, presides in the great assembly. He renders judgment among the gods. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? I think right here, uh, the guy that wrote this Psalm is not David, this guy was Asaph. And I think right here, Asaph saying, hey, this isn't very fair. Like, how come you're showing partiality to these wicked people? Why aren't you just dealing your justice and smite them, almighty smiter? Uh, why doesn't God just act when we want him to? Why doesn't he just fix it all? Well, he's God. And he sees things from a bigger perspective. And he's got a plan. Part of that plan is allowing human beings and humankind the opportunity to accept him, to turn to him because of the chaos, to go to God. He gives us that, that time and, and sometimes he moves slower than we'd like him to. So Asaph says, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed, rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Amen. I come into agreement with that. Now this says the gods in quotation, small g. The gods know nothing. They understand nothing. Isn't that the truth? All these false gods, people, you know, they're, they, they worship the universe these days or trees, you know, let's bow to the trees to, you know, to the big climate crisis, right? You know, who is your God? Um, you know, different agendas, different woke agendas now are the gods of this age. They don't love you. These gods don't hear you. They don't answer your prayers. Uh, crystals, um, the energy. I, I speak to the energy and I just call forth stuff from the energy that I hear. Okay. <sighs> they walk about in darkness, it says. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, small g. You are all sons of the Most High, but you will die like mere mortals. Speaking of man, you will fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. It's so true, you know. We are God's inheritance. He created us. He loves us. He gave us free will. If we turn to him, He'll honor that. If we reject him, he will honor that. God bless. See you tomorrow. Take care. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. 
Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.